Amen. Well, today's Mother's Day, and Mother's Day is always special to me. I'm very thankful for the mother that God blessed me with. I know that Mother's Day can be difficult for, for many people because their mother was less than what God had intended for them, and they struggle with that. And I just pray that if that's the case today to anyone who's watching or here today, that the Lord would just comfort you and encourage you and, and just bring healing and comfort to you today. But as I think about uh, Mother's Day, and I think about my mom and my grandmothers, I'm thankful that they conveyed to me faith, that they lived it out. And one of the things that I thought about my mother was the fact that she encouraged us that our family was going to uh, live at the feet of Jesus. We, we faced some difficult things. My parents went through a divorce when I was only three. My mom struggled. She, we had to move in with her parents while she finished school and got her education so she could support us. There were difficult things we faced, but one thing that I always understood was the fact that my mom was going to have our family living at the feet of Jesus. And I want to look today at, at three episodes where people come to the feet of Jesus and they experience His miracle-working presence and power. Church, we gather together not just to fellowship, not just to say hi, not just to read, not just to sing a song. We come together because we understand that the creator of this world is still alive and on the throne and in control. He loves us. He's, he wants us to be open to Him and for us to be a part of His family. And that He wants us to experience His miracle-working presence and power. God is still a miracle worker. Amen? And before we go any farther, I would like to ask you to join me today in prayer. And I'm tired of the, the COVID-19. How about you? And I believe that as we pray, God's working and moving. And I'm praying it would just d dissolve from our state, that there will be no more cases, that they won't find any sign of it, that it'll be gone, and they'll, they'll be stunned as to what happened to it. But the, the family of God can join together and say, we know why it's gone. It's because God's people came to the feet of Jesus and we cried out to Him and we prayed and God answered our prayers. So I want you to join me right now. Father, I just thank You today, Lord, for Your precious Word. Lord, I ask You right now, Lord, as we gather together in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would dissolve this virus, that you would heal those that are sick with it right now, that no one else would die from it in our state. Lord, it would be gone from our state, that it would be your miracle-working presence that would deal with this virus, and we can just shout hallelujah and testify. It's because the church was praying, and God answered our prayers. Lord, bless this state, we pray. Bring revival to this state. Bring a move of God to this state, Lord. And Lord, let this be a stirring 
Lord, in the hearts of the people of our state. And we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Turn to the book of Luke with me today. The book of Luke. I want to look at three different episodes. I want to begin first with Jesus cleansing the leper. In Luke chapter 5, I want to look at verses 12 through 14. 12 through 14. I love this story, and I'll get to it in just a second, but it is since the Lord showed me this and just touched my heart with this truth, this has been one of my favorite healing stories about Jesus. Let's, let's look at verse 12. And it happened when he was in a certain city that behold a man who was full of leprosy. Remember that, he was full of leprosy. Saw Jesus and he fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. How many have ever felt like that? Lord, if you're willing, I know you can, but is it your will? Well, church, I can tell you what God's will is. He's given to us in His Word. We need to know the Word of God. Then we know what God's will is for man. And look, this is God's will. Then He put out His hand and touched Him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. Church, if you've ever doubted whether Jesus wants to heal you, he answered it right there. Because God's Word tells us that he's no respecter of persons. In other words, he doesn't pick or choose those he's going to manifest his healing in their lives he answered the question I am willing so never doubt that Jesus is willing to come and to bring healing into your life now if you've been like me you maybe you've struggled with something and you've prayed and you have believed God and you say Lord I want you to heal me I believe your word and it hasn't come what do you do you continue to take that stance of, Lord, I know the Word of God. I know what you've promised me in, in the Word of God. And, Lord, I'm going to continue to pray and believe you for it until it's manifested in my life. That's what God calls us to do, to take that stance with Him. Now, I want us to look at chapter 8. I want us to look at two other instances. Look at verse 40 in chapter 8 of Luke. This is the story of a girl who's restored to life and a woman who'd struggled for 12 years and God heals her. Look at verse 40. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. Notice that. He fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood was stopped. 
And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you. And you, you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. I want to stop right there. This wasn't part of my message, but church, it's different when you reach out and you touch Jesus with faith because power flows into your life. You can come and you just go through the most. There's no telling how many different people came in contact with Jesus that day. We don't know how many. It was a multitude of people. And they were all trying to get next to Jesus. But only this lady touched him in faith. She said, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She, she had a faith that reached out and touched him. And the power of God came and healed her. Church, I want to touch Jesus, but I want to be like the woman with the issue of blood and reach out in faith so that the power of the living God comes and ministers to my life. How about you? Amen. That was just an appetizer. Let's go on. But Jesus said, somebody touch me for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him. I want to stop there. I just saw something that I hadn't caught earlier. Notice verse 47. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. <laughs> she had already been low she reached through the crowd. She reached out and touched the hem of his garment. She was healed immediately. But now when she comes back to Jesus, she falls at his feet again. Church, coming to the feet of Jesus isn't just a one-time experience. We come to the feet of Jesus and we want to stay there. Amen? I love that. In the presence of all the people and reasons she had touched him and how he healed her. She was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Your daughter's dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe. And she will be made whole. I love that. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, Do not weep, she is not dead, but weeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she rose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. There's three things in these stories that is a common denominator. All of them took place at the feet of Jesus. And mothers, I want to challenge you, and not only the mothers today, but the fathers as well. To be parents that demonstrate a lifestyle of living at the feet of Jesus. 
That when we come to the feet of Jesus, we can expect power to come. We can expect the miraculous. We can expect our lives to be transformed, to be changed, to never be the same again when we come to the feet of Jesus. And church, if we come to the feet of Jesus, it's a picture of us coming and asking for something. Coming and praying. Coming with a desire on our hearts. And church, if we desire for greater things to take place in our lives, if we desire a move of God, if we desire to see our valley transformed and changed, we must be people that believe in living a life of prayer and coming to the feet of Jesus. Not just in extreme times of difficulty and suffering and, and when we need something from the Lord, but coming and just living in His presence, communicating with Him. If we desire to see our loved ones saved, we must come to the feet of Jesus. If we desire to see our community come to know Jesus, we have to live at His feet. If we desire to see miracles in our lives and in the lives of others, we must live at the feet of Jesus. Amen? Now in these scriptures, in these three different individuals, we can also relate in many ways. We can relate with them, and I want to look at their lives today because they tell us things about what we go through in this life as well. There was a leper. There was a man who came interceding for his daughter because his daughter was dying. And then there was a woman who had done everything she could. She had spent all and still grew worse. But when she came to the feet of Jesus, she was healed and never the same. And church, I don't apologize today for this message being a message that isn't, you might call it simple. But church, it's powerful. And church, it's something we need to hear. It's something we need to apply in our lives. And I look back on my mother and, and the things that were challenging for her. And she communicated to me that the best life to live in this world is a life at Jesus' feet. A life that's surrendered. And so let's look at these three today. The leper. He came and he humbled himself. And guess what? He had no pride. As a leopard, he didn't have anything to lose. As a leper, he would have to cry out, unclean, unclean. Imagine, imagine that today. It would be like when you go to the store and if you've contracted COVID-19, you have to have, say, get away from me, I've got the disease, I've got the sickness, I've got COVID. <laughs> we can kind of relate to that right now, can't we? Well, as, as a leper, he was unclean. He didn't want anybody to contract it. And that, and that was the rule of the day, that he had to, wherever he went, tell everybody, hey, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. And in Scripture, leprosy is portrayed as, as, as a sin many times. That sin is like that. Sin destroys our lives. It causes us to decay. And all of us can relate to that fact. And we can all say, I'm a sinner. I've sinned. I've fallen short of the glory of God. 
But let me tell you what happened when I came to the feet of Jesus. <laughs> let me tell you what happened when I bowed down before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And He touched my life. I said, Lord, I know you can heal me if it's your will. And He looked at me and said, I am willing. And He healed me. And the, the, the decay in my life is gone. I'm never the same again. All of us can rejoice in that today. All of us can shout hallelujah. Because all of us had the sin in our lives that was decaying and eating us up. These three stories are all powerful. And church, if we desire to see things change, we need to live at the feet of Jesus. I want you to think about leprosy again. There were no prospects of healing. It was incurable. It was an agonizing death. It would be hard to really relate it to any of our sicknesses today. One, one time years ago, I was at the hospital with a young man who was dying of AIDS. And that's probably as, as close as I've been to something like this, where they didn't want me to touch him. They had me stand a distance away from his bed, and that disease was just eating his body, and he was just flesh and bones, so skinny. But I had the privilege to lead him to the feet of Jesus before he died. He made things right with the Lord. Leprosy was devastating. And I want you to think about this, church. When you think about right now, it's a little inconvenient for us because all of us are told we're not supposed to shake hands. We're not supposed to hug somebody. Even members of our own family were supposed to stay six feet away. Imagine being the leper. For the rest of his life, he could never hug his children. He couldn't hug his wife. For the rest of his life, he would have to stay a distance away. He couldn't shake hands. No one was to touch him. No one was to come close to him. We've experienced just a little of that. And it's frustrating. You know, my grandkids run and they jump up on me. And little Zeke will get right in my face and he'll breathe on me. And I say, go for it, buddy, go for it. I don't care about the COVID virus. I care about that intimacy with my grandchildren. And church, I want you to think about that. Think about that leper. It affected not only him, but it affected his family. His children could never come and hug him. They couldn't come and kiss him on the cheek. They couldn't get that close and show their love and affection. In church, one thing we found out during this is God created us that we need human touch. We need human connection. We need a hug. I don't care who you are. I don't care how big and bad you think you are as a man. You still need a hug. Amen? We need human touch. Imagine what he was going through. How difficult that would be for him and for his family. And notice the phrase, full of leprosy. How many of us have ever heard the words of a testimony or somebody who, who said, well, I went into the doctor and they did exploratory surgery and 
they opened me up and they said I was just filled with cancer. And they sewed me up and they said there's nothing that they could do. That's what he was experiencing. He was full of leprosy. It was all over his body. It was decaying all over his body. Years ago, I I went into a hospital situation where they told a man exactly that. He, He was turning yellow. His eyes were yellow. His skin was yellow. And they said, your liver isn't functioning. We're sure that you have liver cancer. And I've shared this in the past, but 13 cancer specialists told him he had cancer. And they said, we're going to do exploratory surgery. And he said, the doctor told him, if it's a short time, then we've just opened you up and you're eaten up with cancer and we've sewn you back up because there's nothing we could do. But he said, if the surgery takes several hours, then we've discovered the cancer and we've tried to remove all of it. So when he woke up from the surgery, he looked at the clock and it had been a very short time. I was there at the hospital and I was praying for him, interceding for him. He was an old family friend. I had known him, or he had known me since I was a little boy. And he, fear tried to grip his life. But church, the doctor came in And the doctor looked, he came in with a big smile. How many like it when the doctor comes in with a big smile? The doctor came in, he says, I don't know what happened. He said, but we opened you up and we could not find one trace of cancer in your body. So we sewed you up. And within a few days, all of the yellow coloring was gone from his eyes and from his skin. Everything was functioning normally, and they sent him home. That's what happens when you come to the feet of Jesus, and you cry out to Him. You humble yourself. You surrender yourself to Him. That's what what it means, and I'm not talking about just physically. Sometimes I think, church, we need to physically kneel down before the Lord, or lay prostrate before the Lord to help. to help us in surrendering and submitting to the Lord. But what I'm talking about mainly is a posture of your heart where your heart says, Lord, I want to live at your feet every moment of every day. Lord, I want to hear your voice. Lord, I want to see your presence and your power and your glory manifested in my life. Lord, I bow down before you. Lord, my heart's open to you. I surrender my life to you. I want your plan and your purpose for my life. I love this story. Because God's greater than anything that you're full of. Whether it's cancer, leprosy, whatever sickness, whatever disease. And there's something else. Just a few weeks ago, I was, you know, online with a friend, and I knew something was wrong. I mean, the the person just wasn't their self. And after I got offline with them, I thought, you know, did I say something that offended them or hurt them or wounded them? Because they just... They were a good friend of mine, and they just weren't responding that way. And then this week, I found out that 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 friend has cancer. 
They asked me to pray, and I said, yes, Lord, I'm going to pray. Yes, I'm going to come to the feet of the Jesus. I'm going to be praying every single day for you. Because I want to see God glorified through that. But there's things that can eat us up besides sickness. There's things like guilt. There's things like shame. Things that are inside that just eat us up. And that's, we use the phrase often, what's eating you? Right? You know, somebody, something's just not right there. We say, Melody, what's eating you? Something's not right. <laughs> I want to ask you, is shame or guilt eating you up? Is it controlling your life? Let me tell you, at the feet of Jesus, He removes all that guilt, all that shame. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Sometimes we've done horrible things that we think are so bad that God can never forgive us, that He'll never be able to use us. That's a lie from the enemy. Because all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus' blood is more powerful than all our sin. Amen. God will still use us. He still wants us to come to Him and allow Him to minister and free us from that stuff. There's many people that are struggling with fear today. They're struggling mightily. They're so afraid. Let me tell you, church, trust in the Word of God. Trust in the promises of God. Pray for your family. Keep them covered in prayer. I'm praying for our body. Every week I'm praying for, for people that attend our church. And so far as I know it, not one person from our church has contracted the, 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 the virus. Praise God. And I want to encourage you, pray for our church. Pray for your family. I, I pray Psalm 91 over my family all the time, over our home. Pestilence, you're not going to come near my dwelling. You're not going to come near my family. My God's greater than any pestilence. So church, pray. Believe God. Don't live in fear. But there's things like that. Things like anger that will eat us up. Things like hurt from the past. Unforgiveness just torments our lives. In church, Jesus will free us and heal us from all of these things if we simply come to His feet, enter His presence and ask Him. The second case is the case of a dying daughter. It's a case of a beautiful picture of a dad who's compassionate, concerned. He's desperate as a father. And, and it, I think all of us need to take heart in this because... He was interceding for someone else. How long has it been since you went to the feet of Jesus on behalf of someone else? Maybe it's a member of your family. Maybe it's an extended family. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's someone in church that the Lord just draws you to. You know that you need to be interceding for them. This is a beautiful picture of a, of a dad interceding for his daughter, but there's a broader principle picture given to us there that we are to be people that intercede. Amen? As we intercede, church, we need to know the promises of God and take heart in the promises and pray the promises of God and not give up. Amen? Now this man, Jairus, his daughter was on her deathbed. 
every indication that was it that it was a fatal condition. And Jairus is interrupted. I can't imagine this. <laughs> Put yourself in Jairus's place, church. Here you are, you've come, you've fallen at the feet of Jesus. You said, come to my daughter, heal my daughter. Jesus says, yes, you're walking to go to your daughter. And guess what happens? All of a sudden, Jesus stops and starts looking around. Who touched me? I, I know the human flesh of Jairus probably, at least if I was there, I would have probably said, Jesus, who cares who touched you? Let's go to my daughter. Amen? It doesn't matter who touched you. Let's go. Let's go. She's on her deathbed. But Jesus, who touched me? Even the disciples were going, what do you mean who touched you? You're, there's a crowd around you bumping into you everywhere. Everybody's touching you. And then he says, no, somebody touched me in faith. And power went out from me. I love that. Church, I pray all the time, Lord, just increase my faith. Because I want to touch lives for you. I want to touch lives for you. Jairus, he was an honorable man. He kept his tongue. He didn't get upset. And then someone comes and tells him, don't trouble the master your daughter's dead just imagine hearing those words don't trouble the master your daughter's dead church people will come when you're in the midst of a situation like that and they'll tell you well don't trouble yourself by continuing to pray, it's over. And what a beautiful message this is. It's never too late with Jesus. I'm going to say that again. It's never too late with Jesus. Jesus continues and goes. He tells him just to not, not worry, but just to have faith, just to believe. This passage also makes us think about children. And this is, this is something on my heart from this passage that just really hit me hard today. Or this week as I was studying. Jairus was standing in the gap for children. There are children in our valley, children in our state that are being abused. They're being forced into children pornography. They're being forced into sex slavery. Most of us don't have any idea, but I've been told numerous times that Anchorage is one of the key spots for the sex trade taking children, taking even young adults and forcing them into that life. Church, somebody needs to be on their knees at Jesus' feet crying out for the children. 
one of the things the Lord put on my heart several years ago that we've, we've been struggling to do was to open a daycare here in the church. And it wasn't just so the church could make some more money. We, we would love to do that and support more missions and to do other things. But the real purpose behind that in my heart was that I know that there's so many children that both the parents have to work just to make it. And that we would have an opportunity to love on those children. To teach them about Jesus. To teach them about coming to the feet of Jesus and living their life right close to Him. And so I want you to continue to pray. We, we had struggles because of our well, and we had many, I could go on and on about all the difficulties that we faced. But I want you to pray. I don't want to do that if, if it's not God's will for our church. But if it is His will, then I want to do it to the best of our ability. And I want us to help as many children as we can to have a, a loving daycare that will be the light and be the salt in those young lives. To bless them, to pray over them, and to just love them in, with the love of Jesus. The second thing I want us to see is the dying daughter, or the, the end of the dying daughter, that in the children in this community, we need to love them and we need to pray for them. Even if we don't have a daycare, even if we, even if we don't, reach out, we can do something right here. It's just going to be a few more weeks and we're going to have our children's church going. It's going to be a few more weeks and we're going to have our nursery opening up. It's going to be in just a few weeks, we're going to have our toddler room opening up. Amen? And I want to ask you, will you come to the feet of Jesus? Will you come to the feet of Jesus on, their, on the behalf of those children that call this home? That that are being raised here. Last Friday, I, I came home from the church and I, I had a little bit of lunch and Hattie was sitting at the dining table and she was coloring. And I, I went up and I gave her a little hug and I said, I'm Big Paul's going back to church. And she, she, she turned and she looked up at me and she goes, are you going to pray? And I said, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going back to church to work on my message. She said, are you going to pray? And I said, yes, that's part of what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be praying. I want our kids to understand the importance of prayer in a relationship with Jesus. Not, not when, they, when they get older, but from a very tender young age. And we do that at home as loving parents, but we also do it in our children's church, in our nursery. In our toddler's room, we love on them and we tell them there is a God that loves you. He created you. He has a plan for your life, a purpose for your life, and you can depend on Him. Surrender your life to Him. Live your life at the feet of Jesus. Amen. The third case is the woman with the issue of blood, and we touched on it for just a minute, but put yourself in her situation. There are things that just drain our lives. In her case, it was physical. Twelve years, strength was drained from her life. 
She tried all the doctors. She tried everything she could. None, none of the, the medical things at that time could help. Imagine her embarrassment. She wasn't supposed to leave her house. She was unclean. Imagine the discomfort, the awkwardness, the despair, the depression that, that she struggled with. There were no answers. Is this going to be the rest of my life? Is this the way it's going to be? Don't give in to that lie of the enemy, church. That is a lie from the enemy. Come to the feet of Jesus and He'll transform your life. Whatever it is, give it to Him. Now I know there's not a full house today, so I need some input from y'all. I need some amens. You ought to be, you know what? You ought to be doing your happy dance today. You're back in church. Amen. <laughs> but she came to the feet of Jesus with this draining off of life. In church, there are things emotionally, things physically, things financially that just seem to drain off our life. Amen? How many of you have ever thought, oh, I'm about to catch up on the bills, and, and, and then something happens, like the dishwasher goes out or the car breaks down, and you're going, oh, no. It's just draining you financially. Or physically, like this woman, or emotionally. It just seems like one emotional hurricane hits after another, and, and you just say, Lord, how much can I take? How much more can I, can I bear, Lord? And, and it just seems like there's one thing after another that just keeps draining our lives. Church, it doesn't matter what's draining your life. This woman is a picture of what all of us need to do in coming to the feet of Jesus and saying, Lord, here I am. I can't do anything, but I just give my life to you. I surrender this to you. Lord, I just want to touch the hem of your garment in faith and let that power come into my life and transform it. Amen. In His presence is comfort. It's interesting. There's three things that, that I want us to see as well in each one of these. Not only did they come to the feet of Jesus, but all three of them had something of faith. Jesus addressed Jairus and told him, Do not be afraid, only believe. He, he, he said to the leper, what did, what, did, what did he say? He said to him, your faith has made you whole. What did he say to the woman? Basically the same thing, your faith has made you well. There's, there's faith seen here. In church, I, wa I want you to see this. All of us struggle with thinking we have enough faith. And I don't think Jesus, when he was talking to Jairus, was saying, you know, buddy, you, you just need to work on having more faith. I don't think that's what he was saying at all. He's saying, don't worry, just believe. He's saying, rest in me, I'm here. I don't think Jesus is telling us we have to be like the little choo-choo train trying to make it up the hill. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. 
I don't think he, that Jesus you know, tells us, you need to work on building your faith. You need to quote every scripture right now that has to do with this situation you're in. And I'm not saying that quoting scripture is wrong. But I think Jesus just wants us to trust Him and rest in His presence and receive. Amen? And if you struggle with faith, just say, like the disciples, Lord, help us. I need faith. <laughs> like John said, Lord, increase in me and help me to decrease. Lord, we just want more of you, Lord. Help us. Help us. In His presence is comfort. In His presence is rest. And I believe that that's what He was calling us to. And finally, I want us to think about this. Any, any Mother's Day that I come to, I think about my mom and my grandmothers and, and I come to this verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, where Paul's talking to Timothy about his mother and his grandmothers. He says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Notice that his mom and his grandmother communicated their faith to him. This is one of the most vital areas as a parent. God has called us not just to live that life of faith, knowing him, but to communicate that life of faith to the next generation. And I've, I've counseled and I've seen so many parents that struggled and I've known parents that they had a genuine love for Jesus. They, they read the Word of God. They attended church. But they didn't sit down with their children at the feet of Jesus together and communicate their faith to the next generation. Then when the generation grew up, they went, went into the world and heard the lies of the world, heard the, all of the things that the world has to do with tearing down faith. I'll tell you right now, if your children aren't ready to go to a secular college when they graduate high school, you're going to have trouble. Because our secular colleges denounce and deny God. So we need to communicate our faith with our children. How do we do that? I'm going to give you five ways to communicate your faith to, to your children. First of all, you need to feed on the living bread, on the Word of God. You need to know God's Word. You need to read God's Word. You need to read it with your children. Amen? Matthew 4, 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Teach your children the Word of God. Communicate. I've done that through stories and passed that down to my children. My children know stories of deliverance and healing and miracles that have taken place not only in our lives, in our family, but in, in my grandparents on both sides, what God did. They know that, that we read the Word of God and at a young age I instilled in them that they needed to know the Word of God for themselves. Not in a legalistic way, not, not in pulling out a whip and saying, if you don't read God's word, you're going to get it. But simply saying, hey, God's word is filled with over 7,000 promises for you. God loves you. This is his love letter to you. 
Learn those promises. Claim those promises. Walk out those promises. And I guarantee you after generation of generation of Christians in my family that that's the best life you can possibly live in this world is loving and knowing Jesus. The second thing, abide in spirit fullness. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. One of the saddest things right after the COVID-19 broke out, so many people living in fear, alcohol sales and marijuana sales went up 50%. 50%. Why? Because people couldn't cope with what was taking place in the world. Let me tell you right now, things are going to get worse in this world according to Scripture. But God's Word says it's going to be well with those of us who are His. Amen? And we need to be filled with the Spirit, welcoming the Spirit of God into our lives every day. Lord, more, more of you. In the Greek, that verse literally means to continue to be filled with the Spirit. It's not a one-time thing. It's a continuation of being at Jesus' feet saying, Lord, just fill me today afresh with Your Spirit. Empower me, equip me for whatever I face. Lord, I want to minister and I can't do it without the Holy Spirit's anointing and power in my life. And our children need to see the anointing of God on our lives. Are you with me? They need to see the anointing of God flowing through our lives and ministering through us. We need to convey that to the next generation. The third thing, forgive One of the most powerful things you can do in front of your children is when they see that you have been wronged is to forgive. And you you tell them, what they did wasn't right to me, but according to God's Word, I choose to forgive them and I place them in the hands of God, place that situation in His hands. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said to pray this way, He said, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's not easy, church. I want you to think about that. You could say it this way. Lord, I pray that if I don't forgive, that you won't forgive me. That's what that means. I bet you never prayed that. Right? But you can take that from that verse. Church, if we live at the feet of Jesus, open to Him, welcoming His presence and power, He will enable us to forgive in situations where the flesh says no. Where the world looks and says, I can't believe anybody would forgive them for that. But you show your children This is the difference Jesus makes in my life. When you come and you live your life at the feet of Jesus, He enables you to do things you can't do on your own. And that's powerful. That's communicating to the next generation faith. Fourth, and there's just one more in the worship team, you can begin to come. Praise God in the midst of every situation. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
Now notice it doesn't say for everything, it says in everything. There's a difference, church. It's not saying, praise God, I've got cancer. It's not saying, praise God, I've got a car that just had the engine blow up. Praise God, my house just burned down. No, it's saying in everything. It's saying, Lord, I'm going to praise you even though my house burned down and I lost all my worldly possessions. My family's safe. You were with me. And Lord, I know that you're going to bless me and give me another home. You're going to provide everything I need. Lord, I'm not going to give into this and get bitter or resentful. Lord, I'm going to praise you in the midst of this and I pray that my children will see and they will follow you. Amen. That's what it's talking about, church. And finally, number five, live your life at the feet of Jesus, meaning be humble, have a heart that's humble before Him, surrender to Christ, be people of prayer, rest in Him. So that when your little grandchildren look up at you and say, are you going to church to pray? You can say, yes, I am. (laughs) I want you to stand with me. Hey, I'm not through yet. I want you to know how enjoyable it's been to have your faces here today and have you join me in God's Word. It has been very difficult preaching to cameras. Because I love people. And on this Mother's Day, I I don't want to just challenge the mothers. But I want to challenge all of us to communicate our faith to the next generation. By living at the feet of Jesus, humbly laid before Him, His plan, His purpose, that people can see us living at His feet. And I don't know what you face today. There's something in each one of these pictures that we've looked at today that you can probably relate to. It may be that you need to stand in the gap for someone else, for, for children or for adult. Maybe there's something eating up on your inside that you need to come and bring to Jesus. Maybe something that's been draining your life for years. But before we go today, if you're at home watching, wherever you are, If you're here, I want you to spend a few minutes and physically if you're not able to, I'm not asking you to to kneel down, but I'm asking you to find some place. Some can come to the altar. Some can spread out over the auditorium. But I want you to come to the feet of Jesus today. I want you to come with your heart open to Him because He wants to speak to you. He wants to wrap His loving arms around you and comfort you. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to save you.
Whatever you need today, He wants to minister to your life. And in these beautiful pictures that we looked at, I want to live a life at the feet of Jesus. How about you? As the worship team begins to softly play, I just want you to, to, you can just sit where you are, but I want you to bow your head and I want you to get real with the Lord today. And if there's anyone here today that has never made that commitment, I want to ask you to make that commitment to Jesus today. And as parents, maybe you haven't done the best job of conveying to the next generation your love for Jesus. From now on, say, Jesus, help me to do that. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. My kids aren't perfect. My grandchildren are close to, but not quite. But let's find the feet of Jesus today. Will you find the feet of Jesus wherever you are? At home, find a quiet place. And if you've never accepted Christ, I ask you today to just open up your heart to Him. Ask the Lord to forgive you of all your sins and He will. He'll cleanse you. Ask Him to be not only your Savior, but your Lord. To guide you, to direct you, to lead you in His plan and His purpose for your life. Let's all just find a place at the feet of Jesus today. Mitch, would you go ahead? I'm sorry When I've just gone through the motions I'm sorry When I just sang another song Will take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. And I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Caught up in your presence, so I just want to sit here at your feet. Caught up in For blessings, no. Jesus, you don't want me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want 
and your mercy in our lives and through our lives. And Lord, today on this Mother's Day, we bless our mothers. We thank you for them. We pray, Lord, that they would, Lord, just receive something special from you on this Mother's Day. That you would wrap your arms around them and encourage them and comfort them. Lord, meet them at the point of their need. Lord, we thank you for godly mothers. And Lord, all of us as parents ask you today, Lord, help us to be even better parents. Help us to be better, Lord, mothers and fathers to our children, to our grandchildren. Lord, we just love you today and we praise you, Lord. And we thank you for miracles at your feet. Lord, we thank you for parents that Lord, live out and communicate that faith to the next generation. Lord, just have your way in every one of us as parents today. And we just ask it in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Amen. For all of our mothers, we have a gift basket at the back of the auditorium.